What's up, guys? Welcome to the Who Are You podcast, a weekly conversation covering all things in the world of football. Today marks our first podcast, but certainly not our last, so stick around. My name is James O'Hara. I'm a self-proclaimed football snob and a failing fantasy league manager. My co-host today is Nolan Braun, unfortunately a die-hard Arsenal fan and apparently a lover of wine. In today's episode, we're talking everything from the MLS kit launch, Alfonso Davis at Bayern Munich, Liverpool's unbreakable title defense, and the preview for the weekend. Thanks again for tuning in, and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Who Are You podcast. And we're doing this a second time for today because we had some minor difficulties, but I'm Nolan Braun here with James O'Hara, and we're both pretty excited to be doing this. Yeah, you try to keep the energy levels up for the for the second time around, but... <laughs> You know, we're professionals, so oh, we're yes. going to do it. Hmm. BCIT, BCIT professionals. Exactly. Um, so, James, I thought it would be cool to kind of start with, like, you know, as we're... Oh, first of all, for anyone who's listening in North America and thinks it's like an NFL podcast or a CFL podcast... Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> That's not the football we're talking about. We're talking about the beautiful game. We're talking about the global game. We're talking about football. The, the real football. The real football. We're not going to say the C word on this podcast, unless it's referring the to... The C word? S word, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, the S word. <laughs> we might say the C word, you know. <laughs> Unless we're referring to um, the MLS soccer, then we'll say the C word. Yeah. S word. I keep saying C word. I don't know why. It's in the gutter today. It's in the gutter. Okay. James, why don't we just start with, like, you know, your background on why you love the game and why you're, you're just passionate about it? Yeah, man. From the, like, earliest memories, I've just loved football. Obviously, I moved over to Canada at a young age from Scotland, so biggest sport over obviously in the UK and you know dad grandpa you know whole family are big football fans so it's the only kind of thing I was ever going to be interested in probably moving over here probably even multiplied the the emotion because I was like taken away from it so it's just yeah it's just realistically it's like the only thing I really give a toss about (laughs) Obviously, I'm a big Celtic fan. Um, hopefully, trying to become a an Inter Miami fan this uh, this inaugural season for the MLS. Vamos, vamos! But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I just love the the passion. It's I think it's the best sport in the world. And you know, if I was, uh, I just wish I was a little bit better. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> um, yeah. So I've always loved hockey throughout my life. Like as something my dad loved watching so I grew up watching hockey all the time and and football was just this sport that was always just like a bottom tier thing for me like I never cared a lot about it I was like oh I'm not that interested in it like it's it's so small here compared to like everywhere else right and this is the the, we'll probably get into that in some podcasts down the road about why like the sport just hasn't worked in in Canada Um, but yeah so I grew up watching hockey I grew up enjoying that and just always seen soccer as like football as like a lower tier sport and like that's where people who can't play hockey go to play. That's where, like, you know, right? Like, because that's just naturally you put on the pedestal of, like, you know, hockey's a better sport. And then I had a good friend of mine who was an Arsenal fan who'd always watch games midday, and I was like, why are you watching that terrible sport for, man? And it didn't all kind of click for me until I actually went to Europe and got to experience the culture, and I got to experience, like, and the fan stuff. And that's what sold it for me. Like, I've never really had a big passion for playing it, but when I saw, like, the English supporters and I saw, like, how fanatic they were and like what they what what it meant to them that's when it clicked for me that's where i went okay i understand where this is coming from now 
Like I'm always the guy who's more interested in the songs than sometimes the games that are happening on TV. Like I absolutely love the culture that's built around it. And now I've had the chance to, you know, join the Arsenal supporters group in Vancouver and just continue to to fall in love with the game more and more. And yeah, I'm a big Arsenal fan, and that's just kind of how it's fallen upon me. And unfortunately, it's like the worst possible time to have started following them. Um, but yeah, it's only been been four seasons here for me for loving the game properly. So people reference names or teams from years gone by, and I don't know them. You seem I'm to sorry. do well around me, so that's it's a good you know, start. Yeah. But you're still an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Shocking. But we have we have some nice players, you know, from Celtic. One nice player <laughs> who's hurt now, which yeah. is really unfortunate. Um, okay, so let's jump into the kits for the MLS, James. Um, Adidas, of course, has been the kit sponsor for as long as we can all remember for the MLS. Um, there's been some controversy about kits gone by. What were your thoughts on the kit launch yesterday? The kit launch, I mean, they're all... I. I seen like leaked pictures of the kits probably a couple weeks ago. It's kind of hard to keep things like football kits uh, away from like Twitter and the internet and stuff. Um, all the same template, obviously. There's some real howlers. I think Vancouver uh, probably have come away with. Obviously, being based in Vancouver, maybe there's a bit of bias, but I think the Vancouver one. I'm not even a big fan of the Vancouver one. Of the White House one, but I think it's probably the best of the best of the lot. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing too like blown away by it. There's yeah, as I said, some real stinkers. I think the bigger teams. I think the Galaxies look pretty tasty. Um, Sounders just looks like a home kit. Like I just don't know really what this kit's supposed to be. Some some people are probably gonna wear it like every home game some people are probably going to wear every away game and you're going to see probably some teams wearing it maybe like four times a season i obviously it's to uh celebrate 25 years but i i i kind of just missed the point of uh of i just don't like these templates that we seem to always uh keep going towards yeah i get that i i get that in the sense too of like you know, with with Prem, it's like home away third. We always know we're gonna get that. Whereas you're right with this, it's like, okay, the Whitecaps have the hoop kit, the hoop kit from last year. Now they have this nice blue kit, and they didn't release another kit, right? It was just the blue, or was it away kit? As I don't well? know. I don't. I, well, I think, I think this will be the away kit. Yeah. I but I usually, be, they usually do like on off years, right? It's like home away home. Uh, yeah, I I I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with another kit, but there's been such, there's been such a. Uh, well, it kept on leading up to this launch, mm-hmm. so it seems like this might be the big kind of reveal. So I don't think they might they might do another one and be like, "Oh, we also have this kit." Yeah, that's true. I think this um, the white one's not going anywhere, and it looks fine. Um, so yeah, I guess this was just their their away one. Yeah, no, definitely. I I saw the little promo the Whitecaps did, and it was it was just really exciting to see the kit. I thought like. I like everything about it, probably apart from the three stripes yeah. along the shoulder. Yeah. It's just like, okay, that's a little loud for me for a sponsor, right? You know, even though Chevrolet on Man is loud. But I thought that was pretty loud for the kit sponsor. It was like, okay, we probably didn't need to go that extreme with it. But yeah, I'm excited to see the white caps in it. It looks it looks great and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, I think um I think if they wanted to go loud, I think they should have even went like louder mm. in a sense of like it's just three like plain stripes. I think the original one, they were kind of like almost like paint stripes, if you would, like kind of messy. 
so it was just like three like messy strike this one just looks very like it just looks kind of plain jane yeah so the jury's still out on this one yeah and speaking of of white caps well he's a bit removed now but alfonso davies has been playing pretty well for bayern munich over these last few months here but the interesting thing has been his kind of placement as a left back now where we were so used to seeing him playing as like a right winger or or, or a striker at times with the white caps um what are your thoughts on how they've placed him there and how you see him growing now within the Bayern system? I think for Bayern, he's doing extremely well. That being said, like Bayern have majority of the possession, their wing back their fullbacks essentially become additional wingers, something you would maybe see at like Liverpool and stuff with their flying fullbacks. Um, you know, they're always on the ball. Their center backs can kind of dictate things and then um, Davies can get up the park and start creating. I like him there for Bayern Munich for that reason. Um, there's also a couple injuries, like D- David Alaba's playing centre-back. I don't know if that's going to be a mainstay thing. I mean, he's a talented footballer, so he can play a number of different positions. He plays, I think, centre midfield for his national team, uh, Austria. But for Canada, I I don't like it at all. I think you're not going to be having the same amount of possession for for Canada as you're going to have for Bayern Munich. So you're going to be a lot deeper. You're going to be defending a lot more. And I don't think you're going to be able to get that kind of like shotgun trigger that you can fly up the wing. I really like him up front. I'm even seeing him live like as a young boy here. There's very few people who can like carry the ball so well up the pitch. Which is maybe why he, you know, maybe why they drop him so far back. But I think him, like, in a front three with, you know, Cavallini and Jonathan David would be kind of a fright to, to a lot of a lot of international teams. I just don't see him... I just don't see him excelling. He's one of the best players. I don't know why you would put anyone left back. I, I'm, I play left back. I think that's just so they put me... You know, out of the out of the way of uh, of everyone else. To be fair, yeah. So I think he's too valuable to be playing uh, all the way back there. And I know, like Trent Alexander Arnold's been big on trying to help grow beyond the stereotype of like what a left back and a right back looks like. But I agree hundred percent with you. Like especially with you want your players fit during the season and playing in their right positions domestically. So when they come to, for the international stuff, it's like they're ready to go. They kind of know what they're thinking for. To see him go from you know a like you said, like a left back kind of who's attacking, who's who's not really defensively minded to something now kind of jump back into an attacking position. It might work. Like that's been the nice thing about it. You know, he's not at Burnley or a West Ham where he's got to sit really deep and defend, defend, defend. He can never go forward and attack. But yeah, I, I think he's a phenomenal player. I'll never forget we were I was at a White House game and some uh, guy from Manchester was heckling Davies all the time saying, you're not Pele, pass the ball. You're not Pele, pass the ball. And this one particular sequence, he did that. Davies just went around three or four guys, and everyone around him was free- us were freaking out. And when he scored, people were just giving it to this Manchester guy. It's like, here's the next Pele. You don't understand. Who yeah. are you? So, yeah, he was so much fun to watch at Vancouver, and it's it's definitely bringing some pride back to the national team, which is what you yeah. want to see. Well, yeah, they seem to have like some good players coming through. It's just I I look at like Gareth Bale when he was at Tottenham. He started as a a left back or they put him left back in a way 
but he was still uh, he was playing more up like more as a left winger or even as, as a second striker for the Wales team mm. for the Welsh team so it's like I would like to see that kind of happen for him and then maybe he could push on um, I mean a lot of pundits like really like him there at left back but yeah. I just I, I just I want to see him push on and like be up front and cause defenders grief and not have to worry about defending yeah the only nice thing might be that he's kind of aware defensively now when he's attacking as in, in a forward striking position he knows okay I've got to track back as well and give my my center backs and left backs more help true and but the good thing is like he'll only get better because he's training with great players he, you know he'll have to um defend Lewandowski in training you know every week so or every day so these things will make him a better defender and I think over the short time he's been there he's already improved but um selfishly I'd like to see him up at the up at the top of the park yeah we're in agreement there okay moving on to we were talking a little bit about the player of the year earlier um in the English Premier League and I think we're both kind of on the same page that it's going to be a Liverpool player for uh, sure unless they <laughs> miraculously <laughs> I would probably get Oh my goodness! I probably get a tattoo that said they they didn't win the league twenty twenty. Unless they they bring back uh, Gerard for the slip for the slip. <laughs> I used to razzle a coworker of mine all the time. I was like, "Dude, you're gonna slip." He slip. They're slipping in. Uh, they're slipping in the SBL. He's slipping in the SBL as well. <laughs> Maybe it was just a Steven Gerrard thing. Yeah. But Henderson, you know, you give a lot of credit to with how he's just a very undervalued midfield for sure in Liverpool everyone talks about the back four and they talk about the attacking three but that middle three of midfielders doesn't get a lot of recognition by the mainstream media but Henderson's certainly turned that around this season with you know just great captain performances headering the ball in from corners and just being a real engine out there for for Liverpool he's definitely in contention and conversation for the the PFA but who are you kind of looking at right now as well James yeah if you had told me like Jordan Henderson, even at the start of the year, and especially like last year, I would have, you know, I didn't even want to see him. I didn't, I didn't want to see him lift the Champions League. I was like, really, like Jordan Henderson. But you got to give credit where credit's due, and he, you know, he's a proper, he's a proper player in the midfield. He does what he does. It's kind of like Milner, you know, he does a job for you. He doesn't take the plaudits. Um, but yeah, he works in that engine room. Compared to that, that that group would be like a is a very vanilla looked like a very vanilla midfield. Yeah. With Wijnaldum, but they're all gr- exceptional players. Like Fabinho is just um, you know cool as ice. Wijnaldum, fantastic player himself, um, and Henderson yeah just like never stops running. So I would probably say it just depends because obviously Mane is now injured, and he looks to be out for a bit. Salah was a bit more hot and cold this year than previously. Firmino, even though he brings in so many people and stuff, I think his scoring has kind of dried up a bit. So, and that's really just putting the con. Like, obviously, these guys are wonderful footballers, but kind of putting the uh, why wouldn't either of them win or any of those guys win it? Um, Trent, you know, but. I think he's a shoe in for the young player of the year. Yeah, probably won't give them them both. Um, yeah, I don't think he's done enough. I would say obviously if Man City were doing better or 
Lester. I say Lester, probably Jamie Vardy, but I think he's kind of tired out a bit after the Christmas break um, or after the Christmas schedule. We'll see, obviously, after um, how they resume this week. And Kevin De Bruyne, if... I mean, he's just a magical footballer, but he's they so haven't much really fun to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's tremendous. But I just don't. Th- they just haven't been at the races as much this year, and I just think that's gonna, well, it's cost them the league first of all, and it'll cost him any kind of personal accolades. So the, and even defensively, like Liverpool has not been as strong this year. I mean, it's pretty hard to like be the same as last year to keep with that consistency right? yeah you know like Virgil van Dijk's um, a Rolls Royce of a defender but like I don't think he's going to win back to back or anything so but what I'm trying to get at it, it's going to be a Liverpool player for sure <laughs> so yeah Henderson at the moment at the moment it's it's probably him yeah yeah I agree with you there and I think he deserves that because he's gotten a lot of stick from me and probably a couple a few million more or other people so I think he uh, I mean he's a Champions League league winning captain for Liverpool World Cup captain for Liverpool pardon? Club World Cup oh yeah thank goodness my heart almost (laughs) sank there talking about the World Cup and Jordan Henderson missing penalties is all probably he he does hey yeah and then and then he'll win the Premier League this year so that's a good season for him yeah yeah I'm kind of looking to the weekend James um any so the cool stat right now is that Liverpool if they maintain this 100% record that they're going to lift the league by March 21st which is insane because that's almost a whole month earlier than Man U did it when they had their their winning season um what is that about six, is that like it's like 6 weeks time that's let me just look at the calendar quick yeah we're first first week of February so yeah just over just over six weeks. Well, yeah, about six weeks then. Which is mad. Because it's just like, what are we going to do for the rest of the season then? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's probably... The, the only thing is that, like, obviously, as the Arsenal fan, I am scared now for this unbeaten record. That's serious. I would be so much happier to cheer for Liverpool right now if they would just lose once. Yeah. Then it's like, they deserve it. I can't wait for them. But it's like, as the Arsenal fan, it's like, man, that's all we've got left now is that is that undefeated season. Yo, um... Bring up their remaining fixtures between now and. Well, I know their their third last fixture is against Arsenal, and most fans I've talked to have already been like, have accepted the fact that that's going to be us to win. Um, so they play Norwich on Saturday. That'll be three points. They go to Atletico Madrid for the Champions League first leg. Okay, it's so great that it's back for, for Prem. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they got Norwich. Let me just see if they're home or away, so I can go from here on. Okay, so they're away. So if they're so Norwich away, West Ham home, Wofford away, uh, Bournemouth at home. That's uh, four teams that they can, they can easily steamroll. They that's four wins right there. Yeah, Everton away. That's a tough one always. Like that's where they drop. That's where they arguably lost the league last year, and that they just didn't. Yeah, win. well, form goes out of the window for like big derbies. Yeah, uh, Crystal Palace home. That's the twenty first. So that those are your matches leading up, and it's like you're not. You might drop points against Everton. That's the and a draw at most if they're lucky. Wow. And then you got Man City after. So oh. they so then oh. they have to give them the honor guard. Can you imagine? Oh, I love picturing that. And then it's Villa, 
Brighton, Burnley, and then it's Arsenal. <laughs> and if they remain undefeated, like it has to be Arsenal to to beat them there. But I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, so, that sounds like a very easy fixture list for them. Yeah, like you look at. Everton's the only one you can see. Everyone else, they're, they're steamrolling. But unless you think that they're going to drop points because of Champions League, right? If you have to rest certain players, because that's been the one thing. Liverpool, Man is the only injury they've had like over these last like two seasons, basically. Like, they've been so healthy. Like, Virgil's not been hurt. Allison hasn't. Like, they've been so healthy, right? Yeah. They don't have, like, the... Obviously, we've seen, like, the, the kids play in the, in the Cups. In the domestic cups, but like they don't actually have that big of a squad. Hmm. Like if you think of like because that's essentially a whole different squad. Like that's you essentially your like youth team. Yeah, how many yeah. more? How many of those kids can actually walk into the first team? Like your biggest guys are that Harvey Elliott kid who's like sixteen years old. They they rave about him, but I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna replace uh, a Mane or a Salah when you need him. Um, who else did they have? Liam Miller, who's the Canadian. Oh, okay. But he and he he was away at he was on loan at Kilmarnock, so he's had some first team games. But um, well, they have that that Japanese guy. Oh right, he just came from um. But uh, their their focus needs to be on the Premier League. Yeah, and I and I think it has been like, and they've all been aware of that to the point where I remember here on Talksport, one fan called in and said he was fine to throw away the Champions League. I think, yeah, I think, obviously you want to win it, yeah, but, but like... Winning's winning, right? But you haven't won it for 30 years, like, just do it and get over that hump. And then, like, we can see, like, we could see dominance of, of Liverpool again here, like... Yeah, it just depends on if, like, Klopp stays and if everyone else, if everyone else wants to stay. Because I'm, see, I'm seeing, like, rumors about Virgil, 150 million to Juventus and stuff like that. Mercy, which would be tremendous, but um, <laughs> the rest of the Prem fans, yeah, but you'd want to see that team stick together, you know, yeah, definitely, because like you know you're the not, you're the biggest club in England right now, you know, arguably Europe, but you're the best team in Europe best right now, you Europe. know, biggest, yeah. but like e- people are gonna still swap. Uh, Merseyside for Barcelona or Madrid any day of the week. Well, I'd love yeah. to see Andy Robertson in the white of Madrid. Ugh. Please make it happen. <laughs> Klopp, if you're listening. <sighs> um, okay, James, just to kind of wrap it up here, um, kind of an interesting little segment. So, obviously, I think you saw the Newcastle fan who was caught uh, with his willy after celebrating a the helicopter. Goal. The helicopter. I love that. So, they updated today and that he has been banned by the FA across all football grounds for life. That's That's awful. You can't take your. I mean, you can't do it, but like, just like uh, in the football fan in me, it's like, come on. Yeah. But no, it's um. I've never understood this, but but even to like. That's Newcastle for you. I've never wanted to take my shirt off. I've never had that. Like, that's a weird desire for some fan. Like, they want to take the top off and twirl. And I get that. Maybe that's more of the athletes at times, but just to kind of get naked and like streakers. Anyways, so my question is to you, um, what football moment has been, um, has turned me on the most? Has turned you on the most? All of them. All of them. Um, I was thinking, I was watching the Celtic game last night, or yesterday, um, against Motherwell, and they're currently playing two at the top, two at the top, which teams don't really do anymore. Um, and 
our main striker Odson Edward. He was he's so he's been called as like the the next best thing to Henrik Larsson at Celtic, which oh, has wow. been tremendous. Just because he's unselfish, and that's what kind of gets me going, is these strikers who bring other players into the game. Bobby Firmino is really good at it. He kind of plays as a false nine, drops back, and lets Mane and Salah do their thing. But it's just get, getting... Strikers are very, like... They're almost like lone wolves. They only care about themselves, only care about their goals. Killer instinct, right? Exactly. But the players who... Or the strikers who bring people in and get people involved and, and set up assists and stuff, like... It's it's tremendous. I'm getting aroused just thinking about it right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go on for a long time, but like that for this week, that is what gets me aroused. That's what gets you going. Um, I think for me, like it's not so much like a player making certain plays. It's it's more goals. It's more big fan moments. And I think looking back, you know, some of the Arsenal Tottenham games certainly the last two years have given me that with big goals from Aubameyang, big goals from Torreira. It's for whatever reason, James. I think it's like the come from behind win that those goals like a th- I, my favorite game to watch is a 3-2 win where you've come from 2-0 down like it's <laughs> of course but there, you've got 45 minutes of agony yeah you know? I know but that just makes the, the reward that yeah. much better um, in particular I, you know, I actually dream of like an Aguero like moment when he scored against QPR for like the Canadian national team one day like something just so outrageous that like the scenes would be like you couldn't comprehend like that's like I, I I dream for a moment that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, for the twelve thousand fans in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. we're, we're talking twenty twenty six World Cup. I w- I mean, they have a good we have a good group of players to do it, but um, but yeah, that that game. I mean, that game was. I didn't even. I was still, uh, in the in the red side of Manchester at that time, and I wasn't even because they were playing Sunderland. I wasn't yeah. even watching that game. I was watching this. QPR Man City game and you're just like oh my god and as a fan you're like oh I wanted the other team to win so I'm kind of gutted but it was just electric yeah and even like any fan footage from that game now like my favorite thing is to see the Man U fans in Sunderland celebrating that they've won the league and then they're all on the phone (laughs) all on the phone back home being like what's happening in the other game it's just it's so surreal watching it yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing yeah well James, I think that can probably do it for episode one. Awesome. Seems like we covered enough and kind of give everyone an idea of what we'll talk about. We'll, we sound like a Liverpool podcast a little bit today. Yeah. But I, I, I promise we'll cut back on that. Like, we'll, uh, I mean, that's just what there is to talk about yeah. right now, right? So yeah. hopefully in the next coming, well, in the next coming weeks, we'll, uh, we'll simmer down on that because they've already won the league so we can look to other stuff as well yeah but yeah that's kind of the idea of what we're going to be doing just two Canadians just shooting it and talking about the game they love perfect okay well thank you everyone for listening and we look forward to hearing you from next week I'm Nolan Braun with James O'Hara stay classy